stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. And so last week, Faith Goldie was invited to Wilfrid Laurier University. Faith Goldie, formerly of Rebel Media, was basically fired from Rebel Media for going on a white supremacist neo-Nazi podcast. I mean, Faith Goldie's a, a pretty avowed white nationalist. So, okay, fine. If that's what she wants to be, go fill your boots. But I don't know why you would want to give somebody like that a platform. But should she have been banned from campus? As, as it turned out, somebody pulled a fire alarm uh, and the speech had to be canceled. Well, our next guest wrote an interesting piece about why maybe universities need to get more involved in all of this. Uh, there may be a free-for-all isn't the answer here. Brenda Fine... Uh, teaches post-secondary mathematics at the British Columbia Institute of Technology. I had a great piece at cjnews.com about this issue. Brenda, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right, what's your sense of what's going on here? Because this seems to be happening constantly, both in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, well, first of all, it's not happening constantly. It's just the sort of thing that really makes the news. That said, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a huge impact. Um, so what seems to be happening is that we have students inviting speakers to campus. And the adjectives usually used to describe these speakers are things like provocative or controversial. And there are lots of protests, and sometimes the speaker is shut down, sometimes the speaker isn't shut down. But, um, you know, a couple of things, you know, you know, we notice these situations all have in common. One of them is that this seems to be a conflict among student groups, and which, which led me to wonder, you know, where are the adults in all of this? And the other is that whether these controversial speakers are allowed to speak or whether they're shut down, they've already won. They've achieved their goal. They've gotten attention. And in my piece, I want to see how we could look at moving past that. All right. So we saw last week uh, at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University, Faith Goldie uh, was invited to speak. Now, Faith Goldie used to be with Rebel Media, but was even too toxic for them. I mean, she's, I, I think we can say, right, an avowed yeah. white nationalist, uh, but someone who's really on the fringes. They, they crave this sort of notoriety, don't they? The fact that someone pulled the absolutely. fire alarm, the speech got canceled, that, that kind of plays right into her hands, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. She's now a martyr for free speech. Right. This is someone that most people who went to the talk said they had never heard of her before. So she's won. Yeah, I mean, she did. It's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, where, where, where do we point to the problem? Is the problem the reactions, the problem the invitation in the first place? Is, is it all of it? Um, well, a lot of people point fingers at, at all of those things, but I've been looking at the administration of the university. I mean, these are, we have university presidents who are well compensated in prestigious positions, and they seem to be entirely absent from this, or at best, they're reactive. They never get in front of it. And I think it's time we started looking, you know, what could they do? Why are we leaving this to the students to, to work this all out? Well, why shouldn't it, though? I mean, if, if we have students and student groups who, who want to bring in different speakers uh, so that like-minded people can hear what they have to say, I mean, you know, the, these are more or less adults uh, who are supposed to be out there hearing different views, uh, learning about uh, different ideas and controversies. Why, why do we need to, to police this necessarily? Well, let's just go back to what you said about um, hearing like-minded people and hearing different views. And one thing that I brought up in my article is that these were not like-minded people. These were not views that even the sponsor of the speaker held. Uh, the 
Lindsay Shepard, the teaching assistant who became famous uh, in, in November for, for showing a video clip in class and was taken to task for that, she was the one who invited Faith Goldie. And when she was asked why she invited her, she just said, well, you know, let's, let's see what she has to say. I don't agree with her views. I think she's wrong about a lot of things. And after my article ran, I got a lot of comments and I got some people saying, well, we should allow Faith Goldie to speak because free speech is a great value. And some people saying, no, these ideas are, behind, are beyond the pale. But one thing I noticed is that no one was actually defending Faith Goldie's views. And I think it's important that we turn the question around. And instead of asking, why shouldn't the person be allowed to speak, start asking, why should they be allowed to speak? What do they have to offer? Well, I think there's a difference between, you know, whether whether you're able to offer such an invitation or whether you should. I mean, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you use the word you just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, Who's the one doing the inviting? Is it a random student on the campus? Or does the leadership of the university actually have any say in how their institution is run? Well, how much say should they have? Because you're right. I mean, you know, there there are people who are students there. There are people who work there. There are people who run this university. They're still sort of seen as as public institutions. I mean, but that doesn't mean just anybody can show up and 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 do whatever they please. So how 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 does that all work? Well, right now we are in a situation where it's very close to anybody can show up and do anything that they please. Uh, right now at Loria, the situation is that if one student says, "I want to invite this person," then they can do that, and that's how it is. And that's, I I find that really interesting, given that at every other aspect of the operation of a university, there's lots of gatekeeping in place. And this is what I was saying in my piece, that, you know, students have to apply to be admitted. Not every student can be admitted. Um, Faculty go through very, very competitive hiring processes. Uh, Faculty's research has to go through peer review before it's accepted. And university administration their work is to uphold the status of the university and meanwhile all of that can be circumvented by these provocative speakers and because there's no gatekeeping in place there we start asking oh how dare you silence this person whereas when a faculty member isn't hired you don't say why is that person being silenced um i mean before i got my job i applied for for work at plenty of universities I wasn't hired, but no one would think to say that this was some violation of my free speech right. This was the university making decisions about who it wanted to associate with. But who makes the decision, and and what's the threshold then for whether someone should be allowed to speak? Uh, Well, that was something that I was deliberately vague about because there are a lot of ways that we can go about this. And personally, I, I favor having a very low threshold. Um, I want a very low bar, which right now would replace the no bar that we have. Uh, One of the things that I suggested is that speakers have to be sponsored by a faculty member. Uh, Some people suggested a committee of faculty members, basically saying this person has some value to offer. It doesn't necessarily mean that everyone agrees with them. Of course, there's going to be disagreement, except This person has some ideas that some faculty member on campus can stand behind. And this is something, this is a threshold that would certainly allow a lot of people that I personally disagree with very strongly to speak, but it would not allow people like Faith Goldie, who no one on campus was willing to defend on the content of her ideas. That's an interesting approach. There's there's some logic to it. I, I guess, though, on the other side of it is that if, if Faith Goldie had come and, and given her speech and 
no one had made a big deal about it. What would have been the impact? I mean, what, what's the downside of just allowing even fringe individuals uh, to come and give a speech to a handful of people? Well, we've seen the impact of fringe individuals, you know, disseminating racist propaganda and other situations. Everything starts on the fringe and then it bubbles and, you know, it becomes a lot, a much bigger idea than it was originally. So I definitely see the, you know, incentive to say, you know, we have to nip this from the butt in the bud. We have to say that this is unacceptable from the get go. Whether or not this effect is effective is kind of questionable. But that's why I want to take the decision-making away from do we let the person go ahead and speak or do we protest them? Like I said, once the invitation has been made, this person's won. Yeah. Well, some interesting points. Again, people can read your piece. It's up at cjnews.com. Brenda, thanks so much for joining us here today. I really appreciate this. Thanks again for having me. There you go, Brenda Fine from the British Columbia Institute of Technology, cjnews.com. So some interesting points about the campus free speech debate. Here's another free speech question. And we're going to get into this coming up after the break. Uh, should Gerald Stanley be allowed to tell his story? Should Gerald Stanley be able to write a book? Should Gerald Stanley get compensated for writing a book? Now, apparently, Gerald Stanley, of course, was charged and found not guilty in the shooting death of Golden Bushy. Gerald Stanley feels as though he wants to get his side of the story out there. Uh, Despite the very uh, high-profile trial, he believes that there are other aspects of the story that people need to hear. So the venue he's seemingly pursuing is a book, some kind of an arrangement or book deal with a publisher where he could tell his story. That's not gone over well with some. Obviously, the Bushy family is uh, outraged at the idea. And at least one publishing company has very publicly declared that under no conditions would they, under no circumstances, would they publish a book or anything written by Gerald Stanley. So we'll get into that in a few minutes here. 403-974-8255. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.